In Titus 2, older women are commanded to teach what is good so they can help younger women love their husbands and children. On today's show, you'll hear from older women who will share timeless, relevant biblical wisdom and personal, profound life experiences to help answer your questions and teach what God says is good so you can be the wife and mother you were created to be. Welcome to another episode of Older Women Likewise. Welcome this evening to Older Women Likewise. We're so glad that you are with us tonight. We are so proud to have Jill and Sandy with us this evening to present a lesson from on women's leadership issues at home and in her community. Welcome, ladies. Hi, Isla. Hi. Um, uh, tonight, we're talking about uh, women's leadership issues, and we want to be sure that everybody understands that we're not talking about women having a leadership role in the home or in the church because we know God's plan for us in the home is that the husband would be the head of the house and that wives would submit to the husbands as Ephesians 5:22, among other passages teaches us. We also know that in the church, the elders are the shepherds of the flock. And of course, elders are men. Titus one gives those uh, qualifications of elders. And it's clearly those are men that are leading the church. So we're not talking about the home, and we're not talking about the church, but we're rather talking about in your workplace or in your community. For example, if you are part of a volunteer organization, uh, if you are school, PTA, PTO, band boosters, or uh, perhaps a charitable organization, and in those instances, you may find yourself in leadership roles because after all, Christians are honest, they're hardworking, they are respectful. They have all the qualities that employers and uh, organization leaders want to be in leadership positions. The important thing and the most important thing to remember is that when you step onto your job, when you go into that PTA meeting, you are first and foremost a Christian. And as the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, always abounding in the work of the Lord, then we always are in God's word. We are always doing what God wants us to do, no matter where we are. But there are some challenges that women leaders face on the job or in a volunteer situation. Jill, what are some thoughts on your part about how to cope and overcome with those kinds of challenges? Well, Isla, my experiences mostly are as a teacher, because uh, I did that for a great number of years. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind was that quote from Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, you are in charge of your own behavior. Um, I think one challenge we have is education. We're a very well-educated society. And when we know things, it's hard not to want to take charge and and say what needs to be done. And in some cases we need to do that. And in other cases we need not to. So 
deciding when we need to speak up is important. Mm-hmm. Being sure that when we do speak up, we're in the right, we're, we're speaking in truth and in love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're warned quite strongly in the scriptures. Um, women are told to be quiet in the assembly because of Eve. God made Eve a certain way. And uh, the fact that the scriptures remind us about that and tell us to keep our place is a really important reminder that may not only apply in that one situation. Um, We just, we need to have that in the back of our mind at all times and help us remain humble. Um, Another Warning in the scripture is not to be like those angels who left their places and are going to suffer everlasting punishment. So I don't want to do that just because of some action I take in my job, uh, trying to take authority away from someone else or make myself look good in somebody's eyes. And, um, I think society too. The way society is today, women are told to be strong, to stand up for your rights, to be aggressive, even competitive. And uh, and one way of doing that is in putting men down. And we need to be careful whatever situation we're in, that we're not making fun of someone else or you know, usurping someone's given authority. And, you know, we need to remember to stay in our place, whatever that is. There's a tendency to just want to take over things sometimes and it's not attractive. Right, right. Very good. That's exactly right. Um, Cindy, would you like to add something to this? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think the workplace really to me is simply just another stage or setting like any other to show the world how God's virtues prevent, resolve, and manage all the chaos. So, you know, we're all, I worked as a domestic violence resource advocate for seven years for a police department and then for another police department as a victim advocate. And, you know, I'm here to testify that God's virtues prevent, resolve, and help manage all chaos. I think on every workplace, you can see that. So, you know, things like diligence and honesty, honesty, even to your own hurt, like when it's really, Um, not at your advantage to be honest at a workplace situation for one reason or another. And then you tell the truth to your own hurt. Like these are the kind of opportunities that we want to look for opportunities to display patience and courage and humility, generosity, peacemaking, gentleness, self-control and so on. So the fruits of the spirit, it's just like another platform or a stage. I mean, it's really tempting, I think, sometimes, though, to like compromise God's expectations in order to like comply with an employer's expectations or to stay in favor socially with one's coworkers. So I guess that would be one challenge. And my encouragement to our listeners tonight would be just remember God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but a power and love and discipline. And, you know, we're going to be always be the representatives of Christ. So don't. Don't be weary in doing good. Overcome evil with good. And that's that's my addition. <laughs> good. That's good. One of the things that I found as a, a elementary school principal that I was in charge of hiring and firing. 
And uh, that can really cause some problems with personalities. Uh, and you really have to be careful that, like you said, Cindy, that you're really showing the love of God, even though you have to let somebody go from the job because they're not suited for the work, you still have to show them that you're doing this for their good, though it probably doesn't feel like it at the moment. Uh, but you have to do like, and I think of Romans 12 and 18, where it says as much as you can, I always like the King James as much as lies within you, you know, be at peace with all men to do the best you can to, to uh, be peaceable with everybody and to, to try to get along, to make a, a cohesive unit in the group that you are uh, dealing with. Uh, Sandy, how about you? Did you find challenges as you were in a leadership oh position? Goodness. So many, I mean, I could just go on for hours. I was there for 10 years and probably eight of those in a management position. And again, hiring and firing and, you know, the whole shebang. And we had 20 something, 20 year, 20 something year olds. So there was a lot of jealousy. There was a lot of fighting and just trying to keep peace within the department was extremely difficult. And I often would relate you know, a, a Bible quote or something like that. And they're like, ah, yeah, I don't want to hear that. You know, they're 20 something year old. They don't really care at that point. But they knew because of things like that, that I didn't drink, I didn't cuss, you know, their fantasy football and everything I didn't play. And there, were, there was a lot of pressure put on at times to like the guy that does the fantasy football came to my office and said, you know, we need one more person just one more, if you will do this, everybody here will benefit. And, and I just couldn't do it. And, you know, it, it was, there were times it caused problems for me, but there are also times, I don't want to get too much into it right now, but there were a lot of times I handled it incorrectly too, so. And that can be so hard. It, it is so easy to, in the spur of the moment, when emotions are running high, to do or say something that you regret having done later on. And uh, you really have to uh, really be careful of that uh, when, especially when you're in a leadership position in a work or in a charity organization, because people are looking to you. And, and so all we can do, my mother told me when I took my job, she said, now, when you make a mistake, I said, mother. And she said, well, you will. When you make a mistake, she said, just make it right and then go on. And, and I think we have to do that too, uh, is, is we can't uh, just get paralyzed in terms of doing what's right. Um, and Jill. Uh, I wanna agree with some of the things you're saying there as a classroom teacher, and I had second grade most of my career. I, I was the leader in my classroom, but then I had to let those children know they're watching me all the time that I have to answer to someone else too. You know, I have my boss and I have to model not just being a leader, but being led, following the rules and, uh, and things like that. But like you say, when I messed up, um, I, I, my first thing would be to go to the principal and say, here's what happened, here's what I did. Mm -hmm. And my principal really appreciated that. She wanted to hear, 
from me, not from somebody else calling up angry at the office and then me having to go defend myself. You need to be proactive when these things happen and making making the problem right again. That's right. That's right. And um, and uh, Cindy touched on this, but uh, Sandy, I was going to ask you, you mentioned as well how you can use that leadership position to teach people. You mentioned uh, using a verse to uh, fit a situation. Right. Um, I did that with my boss one time. He was Jewish. And so I was talking about Rebecca, um, Isaac's Rebecca. And he said, no, 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 I don't want to hear any of that stuff in here. And I said, well, you believe in in first five books of the Bible, right? And he just, no, I don't want to talk about it. So there were times, you know, I felt kind of foolish, I guess, for bringing it up. But, you know, a lot of times it diffused a situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember the O.J. Simpson trial. We had a, a young lady who was black who, when they announced that he was innocent, just ran up and down the hallway shouting and throwing her arms up. And, you know, and and I said, you know, you just made it a racist issue. Mm -hmm. And so I tried tried to lead her, you know, through some of the scripture, but she she finally gave in. But I think it was just to appease me more than that she believed it. So there were there were lots of situations, you know, we we had a company picnic every year. It was usually at one of the attractions and we always did it on Saturday and we had a very high percentage of attendance. And this one lady was Jehovah's witness. So she refused to go on Saturday. So they changed everything over to Sunday to appease her and everybody else that did go to church on Sunday, you know, most of them just went anyway. Yeah. But we told them we would be there after church, you know, after services. So, you know, my boss didn't like it and he had some things to say about it, but that's, you know, that's what you do. So they knew there was a difference in, in my, in me and some, some of them that didn't care one way or the other. Right. Right. Uh, one of the things that, um, in my position, and, and Jill and yours too, in education, most of the time we don't have religious teaching in the public schools. But um, uh, I tried to show my faith and to give an example of a godly life. Uh, and there were Christians in the school where I was, and, and one of them would just bring a Bible. And when there was the quiet time, uh, he would read his Bible and was a great example to people at that point, just from doing that, just having the uh, the faith and the fearlessness to show that he was reading God's word. Um, Cindy, you have some other uh, ideas that um, we can use, people in leadership can, positions can use. Can use to... Um... To show how they can teach God's word in okay, the world yeah. and as the leader, because I think okay. a challenge uh, is that you, it's not ethical to use that leadership position to force people to yeah. do what you want them to do. Right. That's true. That's true. Um, so one idea that I had was if a coworker confides in you, their personal problems, if you're close enough um, 
you could ask if they'd like you to pray with them. And I think that would be an example of making the most of every opportunity, Ephesians 5, 16. Um, I think visiting them if they're hospitalized, you know, I think that really builds a lot of rapport, That's right. you know, and over time, you know, you know, asking if they'd like to have a Bible study, you know, that, um, that may open up that opportunity and, yeah, I think that's yeah. what I can add. Yeah. Jill, how about you? Uh, you have some ideas on that? Well, you know, in the classroom, I like I had a Bible that was in the bookcase with the other books, mm -hmm. you know, but um, I could read it to myself. But our hands are really tied. I was amazed. It, that uh, I could tell any kind of American Indian story I wanted to, right. any kind of fantasy, you know, was all kinds of fairy tales were there for the children to read and compare. But the scriptures were not one of those mm -hmm. that were allowed. But, but my children knew that uh, every morning after the pledge, when we had the silent, we had silent prayer, um, I enforced that they would be silent. I said, this is a time to pray. They didn't even know that. They did not realize that the moment of silence was a time for them to pray. Mm -hmm. So I could point that out and I could say, I'm praying and I appreciate it if you would be quiet during that time. And if you want to pray, you're certainly welcome to do that right now. So that was one way I could maybe be a little influence, even though I couldn't directly teach. Good point. Cindy? Um, I didn't know we were going to share stories, so I have a little quick one. Um, I was a senior advocate and some new advocates were being trained. And then my boss said, come and just um, come and show yourself so, you know, you can get to know the new. So I just popped into one of their trainings and they were going to have a values clarification exercise. And my boss said, okay, um, she did a series of questions. And one of them was go to wall A if you would be more upset if your child married someone of a different race. Go to wall B if you would be most upset if your child married someone of the same gender. Uh, and go to wall C if you'd be most upset if your child married for a financial advantage. And the entire room, of course, went to C and I stood by myself relaxed like I was going to give them the body language that says confidence you know and when it was time to introduce ourselves I just said I was still standing by B and I said my name's Cindy Dunnigan my husband preaches for the church of Christ I mean this is so this is different from you guys in terms of like I'm not a leader here okay like I'm just like a co-worker in this situation but um and I just said this gives us a lot of opportunities, you know, to yeah. do God's work and that kind of thing. And I just said that I believe that there's a creator. He's already chosen what's right and wrong. And so I don't, I don't really invent what's right or wrong. I just align my life with what he said is right, right and wrong. And I spread as much love and beauty in the world as I can. So, I mean, I, I did not feel as confident at the moment that, <laughs> You know, I looked more confident than I was really feeling. So I had to definitely go out to coffee with my girlfriend afterward and debrief because it was really stressful for me to stand, literally stand alone for that. But people came up to me afterwards and thanked me like 
people wanted to stand under B, but they wouldn't. And so that's often the case, I think, you know. And you really make a, a, a strong, it's a great illustration and a strong point of a lot of times when you step out and, and you say what's right and, and what it should be, other people feel that way, but they won't say it. They're more, adapt, you know, more peer pressure uh, influence. Yeah. And, but you, you really make a point. A lot of times you can really open a conversation with somebody because, you know, you have told them, shown them who you are and that uh, who, how important God is in your life. Uh, and so that's a really, really great, that's a great story. I really like that. Uh, Jill, you had something to add? I was going to say, Cindy, I think you did show leadership qualities there. Oh, yeah. You might not have been the leader. Um, and a lot of people maybe don't speak up because they're not confident they can defend their position. And the scriptures teach us that we need to be able to defend ourselves mm -hmm. for what we believe. And, uh, and so maybe you've, you showed someone there that day how they can defend that point of view. Mm -hmm. okay, it's, yeah, it's, it's God, God's the boss of what's good and evil. It's yeah. his creation. He can decide it. And so I'm not even going to apologize for where he draws the lines, you know? That's right. That's right. And you're going you hear me. I know I'm not gone. Can we he, can, can hear, hear you, Sandy. Okay. We still hear you. All right. There's a scripture I wanted to read that kind of ties all of that. Uh, it's Matthew 10, 16. It says, Behold, I am sending you out as, as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And any time in the workplace or any other leadership role, that's what we have to do. I mean, you, you want to keep your job, but you don't want to be, you don't want to violate your God's laws for it. Exactly. Right. I love that point. Yeah, great point. Uh, Jill, you have something to add? Yes, I think Cindy also re reinforced this idea I was talking about. We all have a boss and God is over all. Mm -hmm. And anybody in any point of being in a leadership role can show that. And right. That's right. And there are some really, um, that's another thing with a, a leadership is there are some real qualities of leadership um, that we can uh, grow in our own lives, ways that we can learn to be stronger uh, in the Lord's work so that we can step out in faith. I, I love that expression. I just, I like to see somebody visualize that stepping out in faith and, and really taking that leadership role and, and trying to lead people to Christ and, and uh, lead people to doing what is right. Um, but uh, one of the things that we find in leadership positions and what I found in my own life um, uh, and Jill, you probably agree. I always say a teacher is not that's not a job that's a calling that's a who you are when i was a elementary school principal a 40 hour week was impossible it was more like 60 uh, most times and could go up to 80 if we were having special occasions if it hadn't been for wallace taking care of me i i just don't know how i could have done the job as well as it needed to be done uh, and so one of the questions, uh, Cindy, I wanted to ask is, what do you think we can do so that our work life, that leadership role does not overwhelm 
our personal lives. Yeah, I gathered some thoughts on that this afternoon. Um, I think the first thing is to ask yourself, what does overwhelmed look like for me? I mean, we're all kind of overwhelmed at different levels. So um, sometimes, because sometimes your workplace is a fantastic platform for spiritual influence for good and uh, for the good of others. But sometimes workplaces leave you no time or energy to bear spiritual fruit. And if your employment leaves you no time to commune with God, you know, have your daily devotions and be in the word, you are overwhelmed. And if you're missing valuable worship opportunities and a lot of social opportunities with your church family, something needs to change. If you spend more time at your workplace than enjoying the people at home that you love, whose souls you've been entrusted to nurture, you know, you have young children and such. Um, and it's not absolutely necessary for you to be at work in order to feed house and clothe, clothe those souls. I mean, there's some women that need to be at work to feed house and clothe the souls entrusted to her. So I'm not making a blanket statement here, but I'm sure um, they would agree that you want to look back on your life and know that you um, really put family first and every time that you could. And so, you know, it's a, just a really hard judgment call there. Um, and so I would, that's just on how do you know when you're overwhelmed, but I would say, how can we prevent our leadership positions from um, overwhelming our personal lives um, to those that are at the stage in life where they're still choosing their career. I think we have a lot of young women watching. Um, you would do well to avoid uh, a career that you obsess with mentally when you're at home, you know, look at for a career that you can leave at the office. That's just not super overwhelming to you. And I know that can be tricky because sometimes you'll, you'll choose a field that is that you can handle and leave at the office and it's not going to drain you. But then there's like relationship dramas and politics around you at the workplace. So, so there's always going to be little, little moments or little seasons of overwhelming, no matter what the environment, including work. So that's life. But still, um, consider a field that you know will be easier to leave at the office. Um, you could even do like a job shadow. You know, if you're going to be a junior high school teacher or a police officer or a doctor or a social worker, I think a job shadow would really be eye opening. Like, is this something that I could juggle well with my other priorities, really? And so lastly, um, I would say Proverbs 15, 22, um, plans go wrong, it says, for lack of advice. But with many advisors, there's success. So I would say set boundaries with the counsel of your husband. You know, if you have a husband, ask him, hey. What are our boundaries going to be here? How many hours is too many hours, you know? Um, and then once you've set those boundaries and you've let the employer know really at during the interview process, what they can expect, you know, what your boundaries are. I don't work this time or that time or I work. I'm willing to work this many hours. Once you've set those boundaries, I would say avoid compromising even once. Otherwise, your employer will consider your boundaries not to be boundaries. He's going to, he or she's going to consider them to be merely preferences. So, um, and you'll get pressured and pressured. And I mean, I've been pressured like weeping and gnashing of teeth, you know, like, you know, we got to fill this schedule. And it's like, sometimes you just got to turn your cell phone off. That's what I've got on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because whatever, however you 
well, you do the job, somebody's going to want you to do it a little bit better and a little bit more and, and uh, come in a little earlier, stay a little bit later or, you know, work on Sunday and work on Wednesday night. Or, and um, yeah, you really do have to uh, make those boundaries. I like that. That's a really good thought. Um, I went into teaching. Well, for one thing, I loved it. I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, and uh, so, uh, you know, it was a great job for me because it was Monday through Friday. You hardly ever had to work nights and never on the weekend. So it fit in really well to me with a Christian life. Uh, and then when I became a principal, my children were grown and gone from home. And so I had time to devote to the job and not take away from, as you say, those souls that you are entrusted with, because I used to tell, and I, and I say this to young women, you get one chance with your children. That's all you get. You can't go back again. Uh, and you can't, there's no do-overs with it. I read a really neat um, uh, a quote. It said that think of, think of your life as juggling. You've got one ball is work and one is your family and one is your spiritual life and, and one is your husband, one is your children. And you're juggling anybody that's worked, you know, you know what I mean? You're trying to keep it all going. They say, if you drop the work ball, it's rubber. It's going to bounce. <laughs> I like that. Are not, and they'll crack. They'll mar. They mm. may just splatter all together. So the work ball that you're juggling is not the most important one. And whether you're in a leadership position or not, don't let that overcome and overwhelm you or take over your life because it's so easy for it to. There's such wonderful feedback with work. Oh, you're doing a great job. You know that sort of thing. Yeah, so you have to really be careful with that. Um, any other comments, uh, Sandy? Well, you know, you can't let the job be who you are. You know, I, I'm this or I'm that or whatever, but you're not that. There are so many more components to you than that. And mm -hmm. that, as you said, is the least on our list, even though it's gigantic sometimes. And I know... We moved into a new building when I was working at Cablevision. I spent 30 hours from Friday night until Sunday night getting everything up and running from my department. But my husband was right there beside me. My kids were grown and gone at that point. It was a company that encouraged you to bring your family there. You know, my daughter would stop by on her way to college, which was close by where we were. So I'm grateful for that. You know, there were a lot of things that I really messed up when I was working and I didn't put my priorities right. And let me tell you, they notice. They're always first to say, well, I guess that wasn't as important to you as you thought it was. So they're, they're very critical. And if they see you not standing by your principles, they're going to call you on it. Or they're going to talk about you behind your back, one of the two. <laughs> one of the others, exactly yeah. right. So, Jill, did you have anything you'd like to add before as we wrap up this discussion? Yeah, I think we are. you guys are doing such a wonderful job. Well, thank you. Thank you all so much for talking about this subject. I, I think this is um, it's an, a concern for women in the workplace and women who get involved in a charitable organization or a volunteer because it can creep in little by little until it takes you over and we we need to be 
careful of that uh, so that, as Cindy said, it doesn't get in the way of our spiritual service to God. Uh, and uh, so we should we need to be really careful of that. Choose your occupation wisely and uh, set your boundaries uh, on the job as well. Thank you so much for watching and listening to our program this evening. Next week, we're going to be talking with Donna Buck, who's going to bring us a lesson on forgiveness. Uh, and there's much to be said about forgiveness. I think sometimes women are harder on themselves in terms of forgiveness uh, than we definitely should be. Uh, and so we want to, that's one of the things that, uh, a topic that we want to explore next week. So that's next Thursday at eight o'clock, uh, a lesson on forgiveness. Don't forget on Tuesday night uh, that, uh, that to watch Answering Religious Error at eight o'clock Eastern. Uh, the guys do a wonderful job of uh, talking about the scriptures. They're still talking about the I am's, aren't they, Cindy? Is that still the topic now? No, I believe they concluded that. Yeah, they concluded that. So they will be starting their series for male leadership, and so how they're gonna they're gonna talk about how to be a good dad, to be a good father, to prepare to be an elder, um, things like this. So really invaluable wisdom from God's word. Absolutely. Uh, and then on Wednesday at noon, they answer questions. And so any questions that you have, you can send them to them. You can uh, send them to Answering Religious Error and they will uh, respond to your questions. If you have questions, send them to us or comments that you, something you might like for us to talk about an issue that bothers you send it to us, put it on our Facebook or, or send it to us uh, at questions at olderwomenlikewise.com. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions and, and know the kinds of things that you're struggling with that you would like for us to talk about. So yeah. uh, like us and share us and subscribe and all those good things. And thank you so much and have a good evening, ladies. Bye-bye.